The Action Network podcast, named best betting podcast or radio show oh by the Fantasy God. Sports and Gaming Association and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the weekend football betting review and weekday preview. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. What's going on, brother? Battling weekend, you know. I mean, we uh, we, we had uh, taken losing by a half point with Arkansas, App State. The ending to that game was a little tough to take. It's just a battling weekend. Yeah, I had a brutal one o'clock slate in the NFL and then came back strong at four to pull out a little bit of a profit, pulled out a little bit of a profit on Saturday as well. So can't complain. Tulane was a little rough <laughs> yes. uh, during the week. You know, I had App State some plus four. It was fourth and 20. They throw a pick six at the end of the game. Like, I'm so used to bad beats that I, I didn't even phase me. It's getting bad. Fuck Penn State. Just want to get that out there. <laughs> Can we say the same thing about Ohio State secondary? I mean, I don't know how you're winning a playoff game against some of the offenses that are in FBS football. I don't know how, how Ohio State's going to win the national title. Fuck, uh, Tennessee was brutal. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee. Thank you. Jesus. They had their offense out there, and then they decided they're going to kick a 50-yarder. I mean. And then to cap off the night, I, I believe I said specifically in the Boise-Hawaii piece, I'm not sure how Hawaii covers this game. Well, the last three minutes of that game showed me how Let's go, baby. covers that game. Island refs. That was the, <laughs> the, what a nice break for me. They were, I just had every fourth down, they would just throw flags for yep. me. All right, yeah, we're going to get to college football. We'll get to our Monday night football preview. We got a good one. There's no action, no weekday action, unfortunately. We're done, but college basketball does start Wednesday. We have two Thursday college football games uh, that we'll talk about tonight. We'll get you the week 13 college football betting preview out before Wednesday or sometime on Wednesday so that you have that, you know, to listen to the day before Thanksgiving in case you're traveling and whatever you're doing. So we'll get that out early. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. Before we get into college football, your voicemails, and the weekday preview. Let's recap what happened today in the NFL. <clears throat> the Tennessee Titans come back to win 30-24 to in overtime over the Baltimore Ravens, who are, as of right now, out of the playoffs in the AFC. The Titans slide in. Uh, the Ravens, look, they're, I mean, this offense is broken. They're going to have to adjust. And the fact that the offense... You know, I mean, Lamar Jackson only threw for 186 yards against the Titans, who just have been struggling immensely on defense. It's all you need to know about the Ravens' offense right now. Yes, they had defensive injuries, but eventually Derrick Henry just wore them down, and uh, he broke off the run in overtime for the win. Another team in the AFC that is in the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns. They get another crazy win, win in the wind there in the land, and the Eagles 
drop to three, seven, and one, and they stay in first place in the NFC East somehow. The Browns, meanwhile, pick up their seventh win, and they didn't really do much on offense, although Chubb ended up with over 100 yards. This was all about Carson Wentz. I mean, some of the throws he made, he took a safety, threw a pick six, two picks in total. I mean, the regress, just, he just continues to regress. It was an awful game for uh, Carson Wentz, and uh, the Eagles just can't figure it out. You know who has figured it out? It's the Saints defense. They dominate. Taysom Hill throws for you know, modest 233 yards, but he did run for 50 and two rushing touchdowns. But the Saints defense really held the Falcons in check. Julio Jones getting hurt didn't help, but you have to give credit to the New Orleans defense. They win 24-9 and cover with ease. The worst injury of the day, Joe Burrow. Get him, get that man an offensive line. I mean, I guess you could say it was only a matter of time before he got hurt. He was just getting battered and bruised and hit all week, every week. And he goes out, tweets that'll see everyone next year. So it looks like it's the Ryan Finley show. Yikes. I'm actually a little bit shocked it went that long for Burrow because he, to me, invited hits. You know, for the first, you know, half of the season, he wasn't ducking when he should have he wasn't uh, going down when he should have he uh he was playing like he could survive outside the pocket in the nfl and that may work at lsu against some pretty shoddy defenses but it wasn't going to work in the nfl yeah yeah washington wins 29 they're right there in the race in the nfc east the dumpster fire nfc east same with dallas how about them cowboys the cowboys win is seven point dogs in minnesota 31 28 cd lamb at a hell of a game and a crazy catch Minnesota goes down. Dallas with the easiest record of all the teams in the NFC East from here on out, so something definitely to watch for. Yeah, the Red Rocket could guide them to the playoffs. The Colts get a win in overtime. We have another overtime game here. Lots of flags in this game. There was a big fumble. I mean, Valdez Scantlin, I wonder if Rodgers is ever going to throw him the ball again. Colts hold on to win 34-31. Your boy Rodrigo hits the game winner. After coming up short on a 50-yarder, Early in the game in a dome, not the best look, but uh, he's been pretty solid this year. The Chargers win 34-28 to over the Jets. I mean, everything the Chargers do reeks of incompetence. At the end of the game, they are up eight with eight seconds to go You at the 40-yard line on fourth down. You punt the ball. That's it. You punt it. You stop the Jets. You go home. Instead, they try to take a safety. and they run, the, the punter runs all the way back. And they don't run out the clock. He doesn't. He gets tackled before the clock runs out. So instead of just punting it to the Jets up eight, the Chargers end up punting it to the Jets up six. <laughs> Obviously, the Jets lose. It just just sums up everything. The Char- the worst coach team in the NFL. But Justin Herbert, amazing. Give him the rookie of the year right now with Barrow going down. He put up more crazy numbers. And the Chargers finally get another win in a close game. The Houston Texans beat the New England Patriots 27-20. Might be tough for the Patriots to get anywhere near the playoff positioning as of now. Texans win 27-20. The Dolphins, they are who I thought they were. They are who we thought they were. They lose 20-13 to to Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. At one point, the Dolphins had 100 total yards and... 2.8 yards per play, and the Broncos are at 400 yards. All of the voodoo, but Miami still has all of this voodoo. Denver fumbled at the one. They threw a pick, and the Miami scored. I mean, Tua was awful. He's a, finished 11 of 20 for 83 yards. Fitzpatrick, I don't know why I haven't been starting Fitzpatrick. I guess because Tua is their future, but he's clearly better. He almost comes in and, and guides them back to a comeback 
But Simmons, who's one of the best safeties in the NFL, gets a pick to seal it at the end. Pittsburgh, they win 27-3 to improve to 10-0 for the first time in franchise history. I got my sleepy Tomlin start, but Jake Luton, he ain't Luton. He finished 16-37 of for 151 yards and four picks. Not great, Jake. Steelers, 27, Jags, 3. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Carolina Panthers win 20 to nothing over the Detroit Lions. Is that score serious? P.J. Walker, the ex-Temple quarterback. By the way, Temple started a fifth-string walk-on freshman this weekend at quarterback. Gets the start and played okay. He threw had two hard picks in the end zone. But this was about the either the – however you want to look at it, the Panthers' defense or just the vomit show that the Lions put on offense getting shut, shut out 20 to nothing. And we all saw on Thursday night the Seahawks won 28-21 over the Cardinals. So that'll wrap up your NFL Week 11 recap. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking ahead to Thanksgiving football, which uh, I'll be listening to you and Raybon talk about it, but after today's events, I guess a buy low, sell high aspect on two of the three games on, on Thanksgiving Day is, is taking the Lions against Houston and then Baltimore against Pittsburgh if, you're, if you like to buy into buy low, sell high. Uh, those are definitely two spots for that. Don't necessarily disagree. All right, let's move on to college football. And for the recap of Saturday, we'll let you guys drive the bus there. Let's get to your voicemails. I didn't listen to these yet. I think uh, our producer said there's a lot. So 10 minutes of voicemails, guys. Here we go. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. Have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Jesus Christ, I have a baby upstairs right now. I'm watching Central Michigan get their ass beat. I read Colin Wilson's post about how Central Michigan money line was a good bet. It's pissed me the off. I want to know but I can't because my baby's asleep right now. Jesus Christ, I want to. Throw up right now, honestly. Sitting two lane money line under 35 and a half and Tulsa minus six and a half. Honestly, football, everything. And you go yourself. Well, I mean, live betting is where it's at now, right? Tulsa two lane. Oh, that looks great. 45 and a half. Let's grab some of that under. Oh, man, look, halftime is 0-0. Live under is like in the 30s. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, fell asleep with the game on. Wake up, 45 and a half. Yeah, that got f***ed. Thank you, Tulane. Thank you, Tulsa. F***ed, y'all. Let's start the weekend off right with a f***ing moose. <laughs> it's Tyler from Corpus Christi. I thought this night was in the f***ing camp. I was working. I'm a bartender, training another bartender. I got action on Cardinals money line. And I got Tulsa minus five. Look up at the TV. Both bets are in the can. But guess what? After losing to Toledo Moneyline last week, on Bill's Moneyline last week, 
Toss the third string cornerback, baby. Hail Mary. Pick six in overtime. Minus five. Let's go. Fuck you, Tyler. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see that the Big Ten hired the Pac-12 refs to uh, officiate the end of that Purdue-Minnesota game. Are you kidding me? Offensive pass interference? Maybe the worst call I have ever seen in my entire f***ing life. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I didn't even have any money on that game, and I was just watching it uh, on the side because I was watching my beautiful, well, almost not beautiful, UMass uh, team total under. One of UMass bet. See, that safety had you sweating on the old Twitter. I was so mad because I was willing – I was willing to make that bet knowing that maybe UMass gets a, a last-minute touchdown. So, But then the safety puts it all in jeopardy. I have eight and a half. Luckily, UMass, there's a pick. They couldn't do anything on offense. That, that Tulsa two-lane game, that was one of the more – I mean, Tulsa entered the fourth quarter with zero points, and they ended the game with 30. Yeah, uh, they had a fourth and 15 a fourth touchdown and, after fourth a fourth and 13 conversion. Yeah. Then they had a Hail Mary to force overtime. They needed Tulane to miss two field goals, including a 28-yarder from a guy who never missed from under 30. And then Tulane uh, – then he obviously makes the kick in the first overtime. Then you go to second – I mean – And people should know, people know from listening to this podcast, if you listened to it last year, we are very pro-fade Seth Boomer. So when Zach Smith goes down, Seth Boomer comes in the game. I was like, it's over. And then third string, Davis – Davis Brin comes in, and this guy's a superstar, and he's wearing the Unbelievable. hat. He's wearing the hat on the sidelines. I tweeted, "It's over." It was a good bet. It's over, guys. And uh, sure enough, that was one of the worst endings. I mean, the total almost came into play too, but that was. Uh, I know some people that lost the total. I had fifty-three and a half. Um, yeah. As far as as far Purdue, as Russia, what was that? Can you explain that? Just the ref just bet it and was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna cash my bet." Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. I would just say it out loud, but uh, I mean, there's there's no way you can justify that call. You didn't even touch. There was no contact. Yeah, there was a lot of that happening around college football. I mean, I'm taking names of these referees, and hopefully, they're bowl assignments. It's going to have to come into the handicap here because I mean, some of these some of these calls, like there was a player ejected out of the Arkansas game for targeting. He did he was he was did everything he could not to touch you know the quarterback. So it I don't know. There's uh, some really really poor. Uh, officiating happening in almost every single game that I watch. I, I've heard referees complain about how they have to prepare on Zoom, how they don't know, you know, they're out of position because they don't know their crew very well. Everybody's unprepared. The teams are unprepared, the coaches are unprepared, and the refs are very un- unprepared in most of these games. You talking about the NFL or college? All right, moving on. This is it. This You can't achieve what we just witnessed in terms of a cluster f***ery. The sh- that had to transpire for this Tulane plus six to not win me money is f***ed up. I'm sorry, Connor Stucky, but I'm a lucky mother Yeah, what's up, you mother So I'm sitting here a few weeks ago listening to Chad Millman's nasally ass voice trying to fight through that like nails on a goddamn chalkboard so that I get some Simon Hunter picks. And he sits there and he's like, hey, you know who has some great underdog money lines? It's Sucky. So I follow Sucky. Great personality. Car bombs. Big fan. Boilermakers. Big fan. And then this mother makes me sweat out a six-piece money line underdog bet only to sweat out the last two to try and go two and four. What the f*** is that? Let's do better next week. I'll be back. All right, I love you, and I'm I'm glad that you came over to the dark side from Millman. And 
I already hit a round robin, which I, I don't expect it. To, uh, hit every single leg of one a couple weeks ago, which I don't expect to do in a year. But yeah, I mean, I was happy with my round robin this weekend. It I it wasn't profitable, but I had Oregon State one, Nevada one, UCF. Eh, don't care that I played that. App State. Don't care that I played that. That line game crashing on this. I mean, this, Zach Thomas played and looked okay. Penn State was awful. And then the other ones that I had in there, which would have made it profitable, were Georgia Southern, an absolute joke that they lost that game. And they don't even get a chance to kick the field goal to win it. They lose by one. So I'm sorry that they didn't get home. But they clearly spiked it. Like, they should have had a field goal. Time probably misses it, but whatever. Uh, and then I had Liberty. And that was our, our underdog money line parlay, too. They all both lost by yeah. one point. And Liberty should have won. I mean, what did they miss that game? There was a safety here. in there. There was some kicking. There was all kinds of shit going on. I did, Just throw it on the pile, you know? Just throw it on the pile. Throw it on the Razorbacks. Throw it on Tulane. Just throw Liberty on the pile of shit. That was close. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yeah. So, I don't I – don't, I, I'm glad you sound, you sound like uh, we would get along, and I'm glad that you're listening to the podcast. But I actually didn't mind my round robin this weekend, except Penn State. I'm, I'm so mad at Penn State. Embarrassing effort. How bad is that Levis, that Will Levis kid that Sean Clifford gets his job back, you know? It's like you're kind of dating a girl, and, uh, you know, she's not really all that attractive, but she does everything else in all the other ways. But then you kind of go back to Sean Clifford because, you know, how explosive he is and how he can put points on the board, but he fumbles the ball too much. It's really insane. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss for words with Penn State. They're 0-5. People were, some people have had them – as their college football playoff pick, they're 0-5. First time in program history in over 100 years. They go to Michigan next week, baby. <laughs> Who are we what betting in that one? Who the what? hell are we betting in that one? What a game. Michigan minus three. Michigan escapes. I ha- I took them live money line, so I couldn't root against them, and I'm so mad that I couldn't in overtime because once they weren't going to cover my nine and a half, I was like, God damn it, I still have to root for them. And then I see Jim Harbaugh celebrating, like going crazy in the silence for beating Rutgers. Is this where yeah. your program is? So glad I stayed off that number. I said it a week ago. I don't want to get involved in this at all. Unbelievable. And then Rutgers, go for two or something in the second when you scored. It's for your fucking Rutgers still, and it's, it's still Michigan. All right, moving on. Oh, Rocky Top, you'll never be bet by me again. Good old Rocky Top. F*** you, Tennessee. F*** you, Tennessee. Just gross. I mean, beat them in total yards, right? I mean, should, I, I, I don't know how they did not cover this game. I mean, the ending of that was – the, the volunteers, I think I believe I, I read this today, that the volunteers have been beaten by like 130 to 14 in the, in the second halves of their last five ball games. So anytime you and I think we want to bet Tennessee from here on out, it's a first half bet because these second halves have been a dumpster fire. So gross. Hey guys, just passing along a big f- you out to anybody in Rocky Top and Jeremy Pruitt. What a dog f- team. What a dog f- team. The Tennessee volunteers can volunteer to go f- themselves. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Jim from f- Arbaugh does it again. But we can always make the money back. You can never come back from losing to f- Rutgers. Colin Wilson cannot tell a horse from a god mule. That guy sucks. Virginia Tech, Tennessee. What do you have with Tennessee? Another loser. I mean, Arkansas, the pigs. What a bag last drive. 
I'm out. Love the pod. They, thanks for calling in about the Hogs. You know, they were uh, down an entire roster, and they didn't cover by a half point. So, you know, like I said on the podcast last week, this is an extremely hard team to handicap because it's all hustle. There's no talent to them. Uh, they have no depth. They were dealing with COVID, and, and you know what? They didn't cover by a half point. Probably fire again. Woo, big suey. Colin, Stucky, it's Bovember, baby. Just checking on those Tennessee tickets. Probably sitting there wondering how you bet on Tennessee. Lost money. I know you're going to tell me how was a box score frog, but you can have all those free yards and the hashes. They don't mean anything. We'll put up points when it matters, baby. Let's go. Kudos, salutations, and hello, Stucky, Colin, and producer Matt, especially producer Matt. He follows Buckeye Shy 5. I mean, Stucky and Colin, you guys don't. Hi, Martin from Chicago. You know, a lot of things to discuss. Maybe people are talking about the fact Ohio State isn't good. You guys are clowns and idiots. Or the fact that not only you, but your wife passed the Liberty over and they scored 14 points. Hugh Freeze apparently got some serious in rally. But let's really talk about a hero and an icon. And let's congratulate Bodog Jim. Is it the whole milk? Is it the khakis? Who knows? But when you go on the road and beat the State University of New Jersey, you, Bodog Jim, are a hero. I love you, Buckeye. John from Long Island. I've been pounding double vodka Red Bulls all night, and then I have to watch this Michigan team. That is an embarrassment. If Jim Harbaugh is not fired tonight when the game is over, then I don't believe in humanity anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm f***ed up, but I got McNamara trying to run options against Rutgers. We're talking about Rutgers football. Bulldog Jim needs to take his khakis and just start living in the New York Jets front office because you know he's going to be the Jets head coach next year. The problem with firing Jim Harbaugh right now is you get the Will Muschamp effect, which is all your all your kids start quitting or opting out or I'm sitting, and it just becomes – you know, I mean, I, I don't know what the good is from keeping him around, but at this point, you can't get rid of him. I don't know how he survives, but uh, I, I think what South Carolina did is the opposite uh, of what you how you want to handle firings here in, in the in, during the pandemic. Hey, it's Keg from Cincinnati. I have no idea who is calling the offensive plays for Rutgers, but a seven-year-old with Madden 04 could figure out a better way to convert touchdowns than whoever currently has that job. Worst game I've ever watched. I I hate everything. No one should be considered a winner. What's funny is is he's talking about, you know, all-time Princeton record scoring Sean Gleason, you know, who's the OC at Oklahoma State last year, and now he's the OC at Rutgers. And I don't know if it's a talent gap, but nobody's ever questioned Sean Gleason's ability to get points on the board. Pat, mother, cat. Undercover, money line, Pat, cat. Going to Indy. Pat's cats. Pat's cats, baby. Uh, he has to be. Fitzgerald is one of the best coaches in college. I mean, his teams just continuously overperform as underdogs. His defense was was probably the best performance of the day yesterday. I was definitely shocked uh, at how pedestrian they made Wisconsin look. I mean, it doesn't help that Wisconsin had five turnovers. I mean, it's easy to win when you get something like that. But uh, considering that Wisconsin held the ball for 37 minutes of that game and only put up seven points. I mean, 
Northwestern's playing legitimate defense. So good. What is Wisconsin doing punting down 10 late there? That was awful. I think we've seen Chris do that before. So bad. Hey, what's up, guys? Just wanted to call in and say that the Coastal Carolina Chanticleer legacy lives on. I have no idea why you guys keep saving them. Seven and one ATS this year. This is a team of destiny. Chance for the CFD playoff roll. Chance. Uh, go chance. Go. I think that was the first time I faded them, so I don't. And I would would do it. Yeah. Again. I mean, six at the end of the game. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I have tried to fade Coastal all year, but when you give App State that many points, I mean, the App State's the king of the Sun Belt, and you got to beat. You know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? That's what Ric Flair says. And they did it. I mean, App State had three turnovers. They did get 200 yards on the ground, something to watch for when they play Liberty. Uh, that is, if Hugh Freeze is still around. Uh, but, uh, no, the three turnovers were big. And, and uh, you know, give it to Coastal. I made uh, a live bet on Coastal at halftime. Uh, I made a second-half bet on Coastal uh, because uh, they were starting to pick it up. And I knew that, you know, they were getting the ball first coming out and they were going to take some shots downfield. And they did, and, and good for them for coming back. Lucky Colin. This is Melbourne from South Carolina. So Thursday night, I think two lane plus five and a half ticket. And then today, I'm holding an App State plus six ticket. Mother Zach Thomas throws a god interception. And of course, the Coastal guy doesn't go down. Doesn't take a knee to end the game. Runs it back for a touchdown. Please. Can't be clear. The boys come out with a massive win. That's all I'm going to say. And they covered. They covered. Like, it's a relentless team. Like, they should be in the rust, though. They're so gritty. They're so gritty. They're so talented. Roll fucking shots, baby. Triple C Dynasty. Oh, just another Saturday. You know, I have to leave the house, get off my couch, and take a drive just to cool down. Appalachian State plus fucking five. Oh, it closes plus three. Zach Thomas is playing. We're covering for 59 minutes. Fourth down. Just don't turn the ball over. And he throws a f***ing pick six. Oh, my God. It's a close for Carolina. Just go down. They're out of timeouts with a minute left. Just go down. That was one of the most frustrating losses I will ever have. Oh, my God. Yeah, the uh, I feel you, brother. I mean, let's put it this way. So, you know, sometimes I like to tweet out some key plays from games and stuff. Uh, that video I sent out of raise your hand if you had plus four and a half or better, and I was one of those. That got eighty three thousand views. Like, I'm, you know, I mean, lucky if we get a couple thousand on some of these things that we clip for the masses, you know, in our Twitter timelines. To get eighty three thousand views on that on that interception, that pick six, I'd say a lot of people probably involved in that bet and took a loss like I did, or maybe you won. Good for you. Are you f- kidding me? They clearly show the Army Georgia Southern spike, which clearly hit with one second left. This is f- bullshit. Oh my f- good. Wait, 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 wait. I don't f- get it. I don't f- get it. First of all, Army took 10 f- seconds of blah, 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 stockpiling on the ball to make sure not to get up. That right there, they should have stopped it. So right there. But then they review it. They show it. They show the f- play clock. It's not down to zero when the ball hits the ground. Are you kidding me? What fucking bullshit? That army was just so frustrating. Georgia Southern had an extra point block. They had a punt blocked for a touchdown. 
to for Army to get back in it, and then they clearly spike it. Give them the field goal. It was so clear. I don't understand the point of review if you're just going to screw it all up. I'll be honest. I'm ashamed of the U.S. military with the way they laid on those poor guys from Georgia Southern. Disgraceful. And then I go downstairs and I realize that I've been drinking milk that's five days expired. This is just not have been a good morning slash afternoon. Colin, suck it. Razorbacks stink. Go Tigers. But here we go for Penn State. Nuts on the table. Lock of the week, Penn State. We'll see in three hours if I'm dead or not. Sucky, Colin. I just don't think I can do this anymore. I'm calling you guys a broken and battered man after losing the Georgia Southern money line. The App State plus six. San Diego State in their pants on the goal line. Auburn kicking that meaningless field goal from a billion yards and somehow losing the over in Bedlam. I just can't do it. Until next Saturday. See you guys then. All right, we'll see you Thursday, brother. Uh, thanks for the voicemails, everyone. Not too bad. And a winning weekend, so that helps. Yeah, I got, I got lucky in that Oklahoma under. Very fortunate. What is Gundy doing? Just throwing like four fades at the one? Listen, Oklahoma State was without some pieces on the offensive line, like I said. I, I did know that they were bringing back their tackle. Uh, so that got me enough to get into the game, which was a mistake. Should not have gotten on the Oklahoma State side. But, I mean, you know, Spencer Sanders is out of the game. We're dealing with backup quarterbacks, and we got some pretty shoddy play calling going on. So, uh, you know, good night for the Sooners. Boomer. All right. Um, let's do best call, worst call, bet regret. I'll say I'll start here. By the way, Romeo Dubs for Nevada. I love him. And Jay Adams, you see that catch that Jay Adams had? Oh, I watched that entire game. Live betting the hell out of it. That was amazing. Hatcher's going to look end zone. Oh, whoa! You can't be serious! Jonathan Adams with a highlight reel touchdown grab. Wow. Can he play defense? Arc State's defense somehow is worse than I think every time I watch it. I'll say my best call was, let's go Oregon State. Oregon State plus three and a half. Oregon State money line. And, uh, you know, they closed one and they won outright. So I'll say the Beavers, Cal has, has issues. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. Bet regret? I talked about it all week. I don't know why. I thought I bet it, and I didn't. I mean, it was just sloppy. I had it in my spreadsheet, and then I never bet it. Awful. And then I didn't log it in the app either, so no one else could take advantage unless you listen. But at USC, I said how I think – I know that they've struggled, but Utah has just lost so much. And uh, then they've been dealing with COVID issues. But did I bet it? No. Uh, so that's my bet regret. How about you? Yeah, for me, I mean, best call. I'm actually going to go with a Friday night game. I took uh, Louisville and uh, the under in that game, which – was a little scary because you're taking a big fat spread, you know, you're swallowing all those points and that yet you need to stay under the total. And when you get a 30 to zero score, Syracuse is done. I mean, if we're going to talk about the I quit scale, Did they throw, they threw for 45 total yards, I think. <laughs> yeah, let me, and, and I knew that, yeah, Syracuse went one of 10 and third down. They threw for 45 yards on six of 16 <laughs> passing. They had 92 worse than yards. UMass. Worse than UMass. They had total 137 yards. So I think Syracuse is on the uh, is definitely on the fade list, no matter who it is. Got NC State this week, Notre Dame the next. Uh, so I think that's a team we can continue to fade and maybe take unders on because not only like are they failing. I mean, they're the worst offensive success rate in the nation, and that really kind of leads into probably my worst call was saying that I think that Kentucky and Alabama can go under the total 
because Kentucky is number one in the nation on defense and limiting explosive plays. Uh, Alabama ended with 63 points, covering the total all by themselves. So that's easily worst call. Bet regret is going to be me putting in a bet to cover up Oregon, UCLA. Uh, I took the over on open, was happy with the 64. The news came out on DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson not playing and a host of other players not joining him for UCLA. Uh, once the early scoring started, uh, I bought off, uh, created a little window there, and I regret that I bought off because all those two teams did was score, 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 and I expect that out of Oregon games from here on out because that secondary is still giving up big plays, and that Joe Moorhead offense is still scoring a ton of points. Yeah, Kentucky got dominated. They lost by 60, by the way. Uh, Mississippi State hung. They fought. Leach gets his cover. Will Rogers is starting to look better in that off. He looked he looked uh, a lot better, especially going up against Georgia's defense. Now we got the Egg Bowl, right? Yeah. How about Florida State? Scared to play Clemson, I would assume. <laughs> uh, Dabo's pissed. He's going off. He wants them to pay for their trip. So Dabo and his and the that G- should be an interesting game next year when they play. That, that's your favorite thing is ranting on Dabo and some of his. I hate uh, Dabo sometimes. He just uh, he gets on his high horse, and but uh, I'm okay with him. What do you, what do you say if they start if they start paying the players that he, he's done? Done. Yeah. It's funny the, the developments that are happening in college football. Dabo is claiming the Florida State ducked him. Meanwhile, BYU being very public that they're ducking Washington flat out. No, we're not going to play you. We want to see where we stand in the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday night. Are you shitting me? You just suit up and go play. You have no shot to get in unless you get a victory like this. Dude, but they beat North Alabama. And they barely uh, covered at the end. I was going to lay it, too. All right. Let's get to weekday college football. We have nothing on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll have some college basketball content. We'll have some college basketball content out on the site. And uh, I'll have some futures pieces and – other things tomorrow why wait for the weekend strap in your fun belts and get ready for maction it's midweek madness college football we have on thursday we have a thursday afternoon game colorado state all right at bed mgm the official odds provider of the action Network podcast colorado state's a six and a half point underdog at air force over under 54 and a half uh and then at night we have new mexico uh this is a just an, a fantastic game if you you, you you might lose sleep thinking about this game all week. The 0-4 Lobos go, are at, on the road at the 0-4 Utah State Aggies. New Mexico at Betham GM's a four-and-a-half-point favorite over under 53-and-a-half. Phil Sam, what do you got here? Well, <laughs> first question you should ask for New Mexico and Utah State is, will there be any kicking situations for New Mexico? Because that was absolutely atrocious what happened against Air Force. Air Force fumble, New Mexico missed field goal. Air Force fumble, New Mexico missed field goal. Air Force fumble, New Mexico missed field goal. That legitimately happened, and then went 0-4 on field goals overall. Yeah, I mean, had the backup kicker come in, and after the first string kicker missed three to the right, the backup kicker comes in and shoots it across. He goes wide left. Let's start with Colorado State Air Force. Uh, this is a game that I project down to be Air Force minus three. I believe our uh, S&P Plus ranking is below a touchdown also. I think it sits at six. Uh, and I think the important thing here is that everybody needs to know is Air Force is running the triple option. Is that something that Colorado State can deal with? The answer is yes, believe it or not. Uh, Football Outsiders will update their rankings on Tuesday. But as of going into last weekend, Colorado State was number one in the nation on defense and line yards. Uh, They were 14th in stuff rate, you know, top 25 in defensive havoc. So they're plugging holes. They can plug the A, B, and C gap against the triple option. So I expect the Rams to have success on defense. 
Uh, probably a little underrated on offense, something that I think should be more of a field goal game and not a touchdown game. See if you can grab that seven as you're listening on Monday morning. With New Mexico and Utah State, we've we've been waiting for New Mexico to bust out. They are well coached. Uh, they do not play very well. They have a quarterback that can get it down the field. It's just not a very successful offense at this time. Uh, this is a game I power rate New Mexico minus five and a half. I was shocked on the open today. I was actually shocked. I really thought this was going to be a game that would come out around a pick and would eventually float up, but there was no value on it whatsoever because this is a spot that I really did want to hit New Mexico because they're a team that does have, you know, Rocky Long as a defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez as a head coach. Uh, they're not going to lose the team. This is a team that can keep losing. They're still going to be playing hard. So I do want to bet New Mexico. The problem is there's no value in the spread uh, whatsoever from a totals perspective. Uh, I've got Utah State and New Mexico about six points shy. So maybe an under bet here. I see it opened around 49 and a half and it's floated out to 53. As far as Colorado State and Air Force, which should be a hell of a boring game at one o'clock God's country time uh, during Thanksgiving while you're having your turkey. Uh, this is a line uh, projection at about 50, about 49.8. It's out there on the market right now, about 54 and a half. So it looks like two turkey day unders, a little bit of edge there. And I definitely like Colorado State in the first game. Yeah, I agree with you on the Rams. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, uh, let's move on to our Monday night football betting preview. At BetMGM, the Tampa Bay, seven and three Tampa Bay Bucks are four and a half point favorites at home over the Los Angeles Rams, over under 47 and a half. Um, the Rams come in at six and three. This game is going to go a long way in determining NFC playoffs, seedings, tiebreaker scenarios, et cetera, et cetera. Look, the Rams, they've been traveling a lot, but they get an extra day of rest here. They had a bye week the other week. Uh, they've gone back and forth in the east, the west coast, but McVay's usually had his team ready in these spots. I don't think that's a huge concern here. The other kind of narrative based thing is that the Bucks have been awful in primetime this year, just. So they've been like practicing at night, which I think is fairly smart to do just in case there is something there. Uh, I think the more pressing issue for the Bucks is their offense just hasn't been good against their elite defenses this year for whatever reason. They played – their three losses came against the Saints twice and the Bears, um, and their offense, their offense didn't do much. And then their seven wins, they played – I think Denver is the best defense that they played. Average ranking of 22nd in efficiency, those seven teams. Um, but overall, 
Look, let the look. Look at the Bucks. Ali Marpet's back. They have a good off. They have a good offensive line. A rookie Tristan Wirth's been good. Ronald Jones has been great. Uh, much better than expected. You have Brady. His cast of weapons finally healthy now. He's starting to really adjust to this new system. The offense is good. The defense is even better. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. They don't really have any weaknesses. And losing Vita Vea hurt a little bit, but they made a signing that I think helps with their run D. The defensive line is solid. They have, you know, Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett off the edges. Then you have Levante, you have Devin White blitzing. You know that Todd Bowles going to bring a lot of pressure. Levante David might be the best linebacker in the NFL. Then you have Antoine Winfield who came in at safety. He's been great. You have two really good corners on the outside. No real weaknesses on this defense. Aggressive defense that'll shut down the run, and they can shut down the short pass. That's what the Rams do. And Jared Goff, when you can get pressure on Jared Goff, sort of like Baker Mayfield, he is just not good. He's very mechanical in his throwing motion. He just gets very flustered easily. He's obviously not the most mobile guy. So what, you know, and last year the Rams, their offense was really disappointing. McVay went into the lab. He changed some things. The rushing attack's been really good with their three running backs. And he's moving Goff out of the pocket, kind of, you know, playing more to his strengths and weaknesses and covering up some of the weaknesses on the offensive line. But when you can pressure him, he's just not been good. And the Bucs will pressure him. The Bucs will bring blitzes. They can get natural pressure off the edge. And the Rams will be without Andrew Whitworth, who, according to Pro Football Focus, is the, he is the number two overall rated pass blocker of any offensive line in the entire NFL only Ronnie Stanley, who's also hurt for the Ravens, uh, ranks higher. So they're going to miss him, too. And on the other side of the ball, look, the Rams' defense, it's been very good. Elite advanced metrics. Now, the argument against that is their, you know, their wins before last week came against the NFC East and the Bears. So you're not talking about really good offenses. But then what they did against Seattle was really impressive. You have Aaron Donald, who's arguably the best defensive player, in the NFL, can he create interior pressure against Ryan Jensen, who's had a pretty down year at center? That's how you can get the Brady. Maybe he can create some havoc and, and really that interior pressure. That's how you get to Brady. Brandon Staley, what he's done as defensive coordinator has been awesome. He's take, he's brought in a lot of college concepts to the Rams defense, a lot of disguise, a lot of two deep safeties, but sometimes they'll show two and go to one, and they're moving guys around. They're moving Ramsey around. They'll, they'll have him in the slot now. So it's a defensive – you know, they're using hybrid coverages. They'll use zone on one side, man on the other. Just a lot of advanced looks and a more modern defense that's confusing a lot of opposing quarterbacks. But I don't necessarily – if you're going to – you know, you're going against Brady, he's really good at diagnosing those things late. There are just so many weapons for the Bucs. I think they're going to be able to take advantage and just make a few more plays. And ultimately, it's just not a great matchup for the Rams offense. Tampa Bay can take away. You know, they're historically great against the run, and they're really good at taking away the short pass. That's essentially everything that the Rams want to do. So I make this line five, five and a half based on the matchup. Uh, and my power ratings, I played minus three, paid a little bit for it way earlier in the week. Grab that up real quick. At four, would still play it. Four and a half is a little tougher. The total, it's interesting because I think that the way the game will play out, it'll be an under game. But the Rams play fast. 
And the Bucks are on the faster side now. They've been playing faster. I think the Bucks are 12th in situational neutral pace, and the Rams are like fifth. So it will be played a little faster, but and I don't see a ton of value in the under. But the way that I think the game will play out and how these teams match up, even though the game was 55-40 last year, I think that uh, if I had to play the total, I would play the under. But I'm I'm riding with the Bucks here. I think it's just a great matchup for them. You have any thoughts here? Okay, so I'm definitely I'm definitely taking an under here. You know, five of the last six in this against the Rams have gone to the under uh, as far as Tampa Bay and the Rams. It doesn't matter, you know, situationally, different quarterbacks, different coaches. But five of the last of the Rams' last five games have all gone to the under. Only two games this season, the Rams have gone over the total. And you talk about the pace of play. You know, Tampa. I think it just depends on maybe they've been sitting on the ball in the second half, but their second half pace of play has been almost 28 seconds per play versus a first half number, which is like 25 seconds per play. Uh, and, and, you know, I just think there's going to be a ton of pressure around the quarterbacks. Uh, the Rams are an under team the entire season. One of the few NFL teams you can trust to hit an under. Uh, I think defense is going to dominate here and, and, and I'll be on the under. All right. There you have it. Uh, we have lots to do. I forgot to, I forgot to do giveaways today. So there's still time to get in there. I'll do four reviews this week to make up for, for this one. So leave a five-star review on why you love me and or Colin and or the pod. And we'll do some giveaways. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, you know the drill. We have a lot of work to do. We have college basketball. We have college football. We have, and this might be the best week of sports of 2020. College basketball starts Wednesday. We have college football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, NFL on Thursday and Sunday and Monday. It's time for us to go get to work to find some winners. Uh, we will catch you on Wednesday this week, NFL and college previews. So see you soon. Cheers. Peace out. We're finished talking.